hello and welcome, my faithful and loyal readers and listeners. Welcome to our daily devotional for May the 30th. <coughs> so if you recall, our daily devotional is divided into two segments. We have our first of the day segment and our through the Bible in one year segment. So our first of the day for today comes from John 15, 12 through 13, which says, My command is this, loving each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So we are to love each other <coughs> as Jesus loved us. And he loved us enough to give his life for us. We may not have to die for someone. There are other ways to practice the sacrificial love, such as listening, helping, encouraging, and or giving. These are just a few examples of other ways that you can practice sacrificial loving. So think of someone in particular who needs this kind of love today, and then give them all the love you can, and then try to give a little bit more. So the Bible readings that you need to do for today are Second Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, through chapter 16, verse 23, John 18, verse 25 through 19, verse 22, <coughs> Psalm 119, 113 through 128, and Proverbs 16, 10, and 11. So that concludes our verse of the day segment. Now we are going to move into our Through the Bible in One Year segment. So, just a brief reminder, if you have missed any of these segments, you can get caught up with them by visiting upstatechristian.com. So, we're into day 149 for the Bible in One Year segment. So, our focus for today is on John chapter 11. Verses 17 through 37. So if you recall, we're dealing with everything that is happening in Bethany, revolving around Jesus' friend Lazarus and Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha. So today we come to this second section of John chapter 11, where we see Jesus giving comfort to Mary and Martha, who are the sisters of Lazarus. So oftentimes, when we think of funerals, passages of the Bible that can be used at funerals, we often immediately think of Psalm 23, because it speaks of God providing comfort to those who are mourning and or going through trying or tough or difficult times, however you wish to, whatever term you wish to use to describe it. But I would argue that the passage that we are about to look at from John chapter 11 is a much better passage to 
used to comfort those who are suffering from loss. So we're gonna see why that's the case here. So we're gonna start in John chapter 11. We're gonna start in verse 17. We're gonna go through verse 24. Which says this, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been put in the tomb for four days. So we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. So he's already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But... Mary <coughs> stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So what we see here in this reference to four days is that Lazarus' death occurred shortly after the messengers departed. So normally, normally the dead would be buried on the day of, the, of their death, which is what happened here. Lazarus died, and then Lazarus was buried. So we're saying it probably took them a day to go find Jesus and a day to get back. So that's two days. Then Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. So Lazarus died probably shortly after the messengers left to go find Jesus. So many in the community would have gathered with the two sisters to mourn with them over the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard word that Jesus had arrived, she went out to meet him, <coughs> but for some strange reason, Mary remained behind. We don't know why, and it's not really important or pertinent to what is going on here. So what we do see is that Martha had great faith in Jesus' ability to heal. She believed fervently that if Jesus had arrived in time, in time, he could have spared them this heartache. And in her words, there may be a note of disappointment which is, so in other words, she may have been just a little bit disappointed that Jesus didn't show up in time to save her brother. But Jesus again turned her thoughts from death to resurrection. She understood Jesus to be speaking of the end time resurrection. So time when the dead will be raised to life again. That's what that's why we see in the last verse which verse twenty four which says Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But as we will see, Jesus was speaking of far more than that. Far more than that. So let's pick up in verse twenty five. So we're only gonna cover three verses for right now, but these are three important verses. We're going to cover, we're going to go from verse 25 to verse 27, which says, Jesus said to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, you replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So in Jesus' I am statement in verse 25, which is what we see starting off immediately here, he identified himself as the fulfillment of the resurrection, of resurrection hope, and of resurrection expectations. So this is the fifth of the seven I am statements that occur in John's Gospel. So the promise of resurrection in life is not to be found in some distant future event, but is available in the person of Jesus. So final death or spiritual separation from God is an impossibility for those who have put their faith in Him. Physical death is the doorway to greater life with God. And Martha's emphatic response revealed her devotion to the Father and to Jesus. So now let's dig a little bit deeper into this important I am statement that we see here in John chapter 11. For you see people who have entrusted their lives to Jesus. For you see for people who have entrusted their lives to Jesus. Physical death is not a tragic end. It's not a tragic ending. It is instead the gateway to eternal life with God. So in other words, death is not the end. Death is the beginning. For those of us who have put our faith and trust in God through His Son, Jesus. So the words we'll live in verse 25, right, refer to the resurrection that awaits Christ's followers. We're promised that when we die and our souls go to heaven, that one day our bodies will be resurrected and they will be made whole and complete and that we will live in a glorious new earth with Jesus reigning supreme over the earth. So the words will never die in verse 26, meaning that although a follower of Christ dies physically, in other words, when we say die physically, that this mortal shell that houses our soul, it only has a finite period of time that it is good for. There's only so much you can do to keep this mortal shell alive and ticking before it dies. So that's what we're talking about with physical death. Physical death is what happens to this shell that houses our soul. So, so although a physical, a follower of Christ will die physically, in other words, the mortal shell will cease to exist. It will die. It will no longer exist. Right? He or she will never experience spiritual death. In other words, their soul will not die. Their soul will never live forever with God, which is what will happen to a follower of Christ, or their soul will live forever apart from God. 
They will never experience spiritual death, which involves eternal punishment and separation from God. <coughs> In other words, through spiritual timings that you spend eternity apart from God, that you have spent your earthly life apart from God, you're then going to spend your eternal life apart from God. Instead, what we will see is that Christ followers will be resurrected with new bodies, which will be immortal and incorruptible, ones that cannot die or deteriorate. So what do we see? Jesus is giving these, at least Martha, this sense of hope that yes, Lazarus has died, that yes, We'll see him again one day when the dead are resurrected, when I come back to rule over the earth as king. But until that time, his soul has gone to reside forever with the Father in heaven. So he has gone from this earth, yes, but he has gone to a much better place. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Now we're going to pick up and finish this section of John, chapter 11. So we're going to pick up in verse 28 and go through verse 37. Which says, after she has sent this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out they followed her supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there when mary reached the place where jesus was and saw him she fell at his feet and said lord if you had been here my brother would not have died when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept, and the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could he not, could not, or excuse me, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man? kept this man from dying. So what we see here is that Martha informed Mary that Jesus wished to speak with her. And so the, the encounter with Mary is much briefer than the one with Martha. Right? So we see that Mary expressed the same regret as Martha concerning Jesus' failure to arrive in time. But we're not told here is what exactly all Martha told her. Of Martha may have told her the extent of what Jesus said, which is probably why Jesus did not 
terrible Mary the same thing that he had just told her. Martha, because he knew Martha would go and tell her, hey, Jesus said even though Lazarus was dead, he would come back again at the end of time. But even before he comes back again, his soul has gone on to a better place. He's gone on to live in a better place where he is not suffering anymore, where he is not in pain anymore. He has gone to be home. So when Masonsi hears that Jesus exhibited deep emotions over Lazarus' death, which is why we have the shortest verse in the Bible here, which is literally two words in just about every translation of the Bible that you will find in English. It says, Jesus wept. So we see that Jesus did not approach suffering dispassionately. Because John tells us that Jesus wept. So now let's get the definitive answer as to why this passage is so much more appropriate for a funeral than any other. And here's the very simple reason why. You see, Jesus offered true and genuine comfort to Mary and Martha in their time of mourning. But he did not do it with empty platitudes. He did not simply say, your brother has gone on to a better place. Said, yes, you will see your brother again. But then he also, what does he also say? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So Jesus didn't say, yes, your brother has gone to a better place. He said, not only has your brother gone on to a better place, but when I come back to be the true king of this world, when I come back to reign as the rightful ruler of this world, as I already am, then Lazarus will come forth. When I call, when I call my people home, alive and dead, Lazarus will come back. Then he, and then when he comes, then, 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 listen, 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 key, 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 key. So at the end of the world, right, after Jesus has already called all of these people up to heaven, because Lazarus has already gone to heaven, and Lazarus is already in heaven. At the end of the world, after we see everything that's happening in the book of Revelation, right, and Jesus is sitting on the throne, then Lazarus will be in that kingdom because he was a follower of Christ. So you follow me, so so here's what we mean by that's what we mean by not with empty platitudes. Rather he gave them a reason to find joy and hope in their time of suffering and mourning. For you see a funeral for someone who is a follower of Christ should not be a time of mourning. But it should be a time of rejoicing because that person has gone home. They've gone home. They're no longer suffering. They're no longer in pain. Yes, they're physical body has died, but their soul has not died, their soul has gone on and found rest, eternal rest. You see, that was the hope that Jesus 
we're going to pick up from here tomorrow when we see Jesus perform the greatest miracle he would ever perform. And probably the greatest miracle that we will ever read about outside of his own resurrection when we get into this third section of John chapter 11. So in order for you to be prepared to do that, here's what you need to read for tomorrow. You need to read 2 Samuel chapter 17, John chapter 19, 23 through 42, Psalm 119, 121 through 52, and Proverbs 16, 12 through 13.